focusing on an emerging generation of kings. I'm not sure if we're sweeter this morning. They can ban sweeter, but they can't ban the truth. And I'm grateful to God that even though the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, a bird, he's not a bird. You can't ban God's sweet, boo-boo. And concerning FG, we have to FG forgive. Ban the bandits, not Twitter. Oh, you guys are not giving me support in them. The word is in the word. Ban, bandit. Ban the bandits. With all due respect, every policymaker who might stumble on this, we need to direct our energies to the things that really matter. You cannot muzzle people who are trying to express themselves or make a living, an honest living, or just to entertain themselves whilst there are people who are roaming free and you're putting in place schemes that are very disturbing like giving people world-class education just because they say they're no longer terrorists fireborn the devil let's go to the book of Luke chapter 19 this morning Luke 19 can you guys begin to see some of the reasons why kings must be in the marketplace? Why kings must be in government? Why there must be an Esther that will whisper wisdom to a king that is about to lose his mind? Say, so no, you don't do it like that there. Because what it means is, I don't know if Twitter is still on right now, but whether it's on or not, what it means is there are hundreds of thousands of people who are used to receiving ministry from the word on Twitter. That will not receive this morning. So when we talk about building systems and structures, it's not a canal thing. And this morning, I'm also going to unveil certain things that I'm trusting God to blow up in your mind. One of the things I really hope you got from last week is that this book is not an okbele. You know okbele? What what do you call okbele? Opel. A divine, what's that? Oh, a money winner. Your school fees is no waste. A tool of divination, a, a, a physical material you use, right? Is a documentation, as a kingdom constitution, right? So it is not some kind of religious talisman that you open to Psalm 91 and put under your, your pillow. And say, as I'm laying my head on the pillow, you can rest your head on the Bible, but not rest your mind on the word. Oh, is somebody getting that? The fact that your head is on the Bible does not mean that your heart is on the author. Right? So I want us to see the practicality. And I'll look, we'll look through some scriptures this morning. It's introductory, so I might not preach. I might preach. But I'm going to do more foundation laying. And you need to take a lot of notes and follow with your mind 
um, in the service especially, but also in second service for those who wait. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. By the way, you blessed me. The boy is bad. Blessed and divine. B-A-D. Bad. Luke chapter 19. From verse 11, I want us to follow. Thank God this queen is up and running. Luke chapter 19. Now as they heard these things. What were the things that they heard? They heard the conversation that Jesus was having in a rich man's house Zacchaeus right and then you know there was that encounter with Zacchaeus and all and Jesus said today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost so when they heard these things about salvation, about the agenda of God, about how inclusive Jesus was in his kingdom, about the fact that he was not going to cast Zacchaeus out or um, disrespect him based on his diminutive stature, that's a fancy word for a small stature, right? They were like, okay, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem. Watch this. And because, what did they think? They thought that what? The kingdom of God would what? Appear immediately. I need your minds, baby. I know that you're very sharp, right? But see this now. What they thought here was not that there was going to be a trumpet. And people will be caught up. That was not what they were thinking. What they were thinking here was that Jesus coming to Jerusalem, entering into Jerusalem, that it was going to literally set up his kingdom physically. Follow this. Because this is a missing link in the way many believers interpret the Bible. Many believers interpret the coming of the kingdom of God as we being enraptured into glory and then living forever in the air or in heaven. It's too early. Whereas when you study all the prophets of old, from Enoch who saw thousands of angels coming with the Lord. You know Enoch saw that? Oh, you're not aware of that. Enoch, KPA, KPK, to Isaiah, when he said the government shall be upon his shoulder, it's not a spiritual government, it's not just a spiritual government it's talking about. The Messiah would be anointed and he would set up infrastructure on earth. Hey, all the things you learned. Sunday school. Primary. Sunday was We'll look through the Bible. We'll look through the verses. As they heard this, they thought, why would they think the kingdom of God would appear immediately? Because all the prophets said, the king is coming. The king is coming. A son is born. 
uh, a, a child is born, a son is given, his name shall be a wonderful counselor. Zechariah says, your king is coming, is humble, is riding upon a colt. Are we seeing all of that? The minor prophets, the major prophets, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above every other mountain and nations will flow to it. It didn't say saints, nations will flow to it. So they thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So to help them understand the process of that kingdom the timeline of that kingdom the schedule of that kingdom the nature of that kingdom the orientation of that kingdom he told them a parable somebody say i'm listening are you listening of course you have to now because i've ruffled many things that your sunday school teachers taught you oh we're waiting for the rapture, rapture. now don't get a twist there jesus is coming back But if you can show me anywhere in the Bible that says you will live in heaven forever, I'll be very delighted to see it. Because when you look through the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, you will see that people had visions of heaven. That people saw heaven. People were caught up into heaven. But you're not going to find a place that categorically tells you that you as a man will live in heaven forever. Look for it in your Bible this morning and show it to me. Ah, but it's in the Bible. Where? Because you are already in heaven right now. Ephesians 2 and verse 6. <laughs> Someone be like, should I just leave this place right now? <laughs> This man's about to turn my head this morning. <laughs> Say, eh? So we're not going to heaven. Hey! <laughs> so I said, while I be like heavenly race. Heavenly race. I know go heaven. Who sent you? <laughs> Is he, is he a heavenly race or a race on earth of faith? Let us run the race. He said, lay aside every weight and run. Where are you running the race? On earth. Where you walking? On earth. Where you mounting up with wings as of eagles? On earth. Where are you seated? The seating is rests and authority. In other words, you will be on earth, but your rest and authority is from heaven. Your license to rule, your license to reign, your authorization, your endorsement, where are you seated? You are raised up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places. Watch that. Not just even heaven, heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. So Christ our head is in heaven. We the body, where are we? On earth. 
Gaga. I, I gotta allow you to chew on it before I throw another one. Luke 19. Therefore, so based on their misunderstanding of the kingdom, he has to explain it to them using natural monetary financial things. Therefore, he said, a certain noble man went into a what? A far country to receive for himself a kingdom. And to what? Return. Follow the allegory, the analogy. So what does he do? He called 10 of his servants. <laughs> oh Lord, help me now. Delivered to them 10 minas and said to them, what does it say to them? Be anxious and dress up till I come. Always second guess yourself if your name is still in the book of life till I come. Always have palpitation. Once you get it's commandant at Osho D that is blowing. No, it's not rapture. Oh, anytime there's COVID vaccination, be scared. Antichrist has come. Antichrist has been in the world since Bible times. Said so this is the Antichrist. It's a spirit. <laughs> a man is going to embody what it represents. Just, don't forget his counterfeit. So the spirit of God had been on earth hovering over the face of the water since sins. But the Christ embodied the fullness of the spirit of God. He was given the spirit without measure. So similarly, the spirit of the Antichrist has been on earth since, since. As soon as the Christ was released, are you following? But there will be a man who's called the man of sin who will embody that because the enemy is trying to counterfeit what God did. Are you following this? I'm intentionally slow because I know I'm, you know, stirring up water. So we need to... Now, somebody goes, somebody goes, how, can, how are you saying that we'll not live in heaven forever? What does the Bible just say? To be absent from body's presence with the Lord. It says, so that where he is, we shall be also. Right? Is he coming back? Where is he coming back to? So where are we going to be? This is the reason, this is the reason, watch this. Many people are worshiping heaven, not Jesus. Oh God, are you hearing this, Vicky? Many people are worshiping heaven. Oh, I don't want to sin, so I will make heaven. But it's the presence of Jesus that purifies you. Heaven is. <laughs> hey, hey. That table is very big. 
he is that I want to be. That's why David said, how will I hide from your presence? He said, better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. He says, in the presence of God, not in heaven, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. That's why the song was apt this morning. Heaven on earth, because that's the agenda of God. So when he gave a template of prayer, say, our father, you are in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come where? From heaven to earth. Watch this. If that was not the agenda of God, that means Jesus taught us a rebellious prayer. At least if you don't believe me, you believe Jesus. How will Jesus say pray God's kingdom come if that was not the father's delight? Whereas he says, I do nothing except that which I see the father do. Said so the son does nothing of his own. That which he sees the father do, that's what he does. No one can do the things you do when you do, do, do. <laughs> so, called his servants. Am I slow enough? Am I too slow? Should I pace it up? This is just fine. I'm restraining myself. <laughs> so he said, no man, you know, went to a far country, received for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minutes and said to them, what, what did he say to them? Did he say do church till I come? Did he say do manipulation till I come? Do business. KJV says occupy. Occupy. So the way you occupy is to do business. That's why what you do as your business is called your occupation. So everybody is occupied. Including those who are occupied with sleep. What is their occupation? Is there a reward for sleeping? According to the Bible, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms, and what will happen? Poverty will come upon you. So the salary for long or perpetual sleepers is poverty. Everybody gets paid. Oh, talk to me some. Some people get paid with poverty. Some people get paid with regret. Some people get paid with insecurity. Not insecure. I'm talking about banditry. I'm talking about internal. Do business. That's what he said. Do business. But guess what? Verse 14. But his citizens hated him. And what did they do? They sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Verse 15, and so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him and that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Please write it down somewhere. Gain by trading. Write it down somewhere real quick. Gain by trading. 
So a lot of the kingdom has to do with accounting. God is very big on accounting. In fact, there is no body of knowledge that is not a stream of divine intelligence. God is big on accounts. So you see numbers all through the Bible. God is so big on numbers. He dedicated a whole book and called it Numbers. Follow this now. Lost ship, lost coin, lost boy. 3,000 were saved. F 12 baskets full after feeding 5,000. 4,000 people were fed. And all of the figures, God is so particular. And I'll tell you today why that is important. So for some people, your business is in shambles because your accounting is zero. So you have all the best ideas, all the gifts and talents. But without the proper accounting systems, you cannot occupy. You cannot occupy effectively. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Then, the, then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little. So what am I giving you now? What am I giving you now? Did he say I'm giving you authority over ten clouds? It should be clouds since we're going to heaven. Control the cloud over Pluto. Cultivate the nitrogen gas there. Cities, man. Cities. Earth. <laughs> because you are faithful in very little, have authority over ten cities. Next verse. And the second came saying, Master, your mina, Amina, 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 Tare, Eliziba, he or, or he. <laughs> Does anybody know that stuff? You know it? Who knows it? Be proud of your heritage. Like, like, like that's not my heritage in Jesus name like, cancel it it's good to see you buzzy can we celebrate her this morning come on come on give us some warmth master your mina has earned five minas verse 19 likewise he said to him you also be over five seated then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept. Someone give me a hanky real quick. Which I have kept. Give me a hanky real quick and give me some money. Hanky. I want a literal handkerchief. If you can't find one, we'll do with that. But I want, you know, handkerchief going on. That thing. Can you give me a white one? Anybody with white hankies? Okay, maybe it's like people have blown things into them. So they're sort of like careful. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. God bless you, man. Bless you. Thank you. So here you go. Each person was given a mina. I think it's called 100 drachmas. And it's uh, supposed to be 100 drachmas. Supposed to be 100 days worth of money. About three months salary. Because the master was gone for a long time. Now, this guy, 
Solomon wise in reverse, not our Solomon, because this one is wise. But some Solomon wises are quite unwise. So this guy said, I don't want to be contaminated with the business world. Politics is a dirty game. So I'm going to use a handkerchief. Because what you use a handkerchief for is to clean dirt. You don't use a handkerchief to create value. So this guy moved something valuable into something protective. But the best of yourself is not in the nest of yourself. I talk right now. Anybody with a grandma who are the hero and booba, and when you give grandma money, what does she do with the money? She wraps it up, ties it up. Nobody can steal it, but guess what? Nobody can use it. How many believers have said, I don't want anybody to steal my idea. But their ideas are still as useless to the world as they were seven years ago when they first got them. Oh, if you can say amen, say ouch this morning. Grandma thought, as long as I can see it, nobody can steal it. Grandma, I'm very sorry to announce to you that that is surface level thinking because there is something called inflation. And even though you can see it, it's actually losing value because any money that is not deployed in trade is suffering loss. Any gift that is not deployed in trade is suffering loss. Any stream of intelligence that is not engaged in trade, any anointing, any capacity, any vocal dexterity, musical intelligence, revelation that is not deployed in trade is suffering loss. So the fact that you love it and it's close to you does not mean you are occupying. Oh Lord. Are you getting me, brother? Do business till I come. Why did they say, here is the money you entrusted to me? I hid it. I hid it. I hid it. I covered it up. I wrapped it up. I tied it somewhere. I hid it. I hid my voice. I hid my good heart because I met an evil person that used me once. So I vowed to myself I would never be used again. Little one that I'm fast becoming useless. Do business till I come. 
I'm shy. Do business till I come. I recorded the loss last year. Do business till I come. Oh, there are many scammers. Don't I know that? Do business till I come. There's hostility. I know that. Do you know how I know that? The text says that when the king, the, the nobleman went to a far country, he said that when the citizens came, they said, this man must not reign over us. In other words, the king and his servants were not well favored by the citizens. So they had to do business in hostile environments. Because true occupation for kingdom colonization does not happen in friendly territories. This is the reason Joseph will go to jail. Daniel will end up in the lion's den. Esther will almost be killed and Jesus will be killed. Paul will be stoned to death because God never anoints you with supernatural power to engage a culture that already likes you. Oh Lord, are you, are you following this? I hope I'm slow enough. See, George, you get what I'm saying? He wrapped it up in a handkerchief. At least I know where it is. You missed it. Because the principle of the kingdom is he who saves his life is going to lose it. He that loses his life, he's going to gain it. You missed it. You missed it. You've got to lose your life to gain your life. Because the purpose of your life is not in your life. This is the reason self-conscious people don't go far in life. And God said the first thing you've got to kill when you come to me is kill self. Let's remove that thing from you that is going to stop why I made you. Family, you get what I'm saying this morning? Say, I hid it. He thought, huh, maybe a bad guy. And, and, and. <laughs> You're not giving me some joy on the keys this morning. Now watch this. Other folks that were sweating, sweating, engaging the systems of the earth engaging the systems of the earth moving in that direction homeboy was like I got my stuff master here is your money you entrusted to me I hid it for safekeeping Watch this. Safekeeping and occupation cannot coexist. Because the moment you align with God's agenda to occupy the earth on his behalf, you have said to yourself, I'm no longer worshiping my sense 
of security and safety. I will put myself out there even when the enemy marks me to take me out. What does the master say? What does the master say? See what he said? He was given this excuse. He said, you know, you see? You know? It's like, I mean, Shebi, Shubman, and uh, Daddy, uh-huh, became Jennifer. Because the noble man's journey was far. Some of y'all didn't get that yet. When people start prefacing, analyzing, talking too much, guess what's happening? They are not occupying. Because people who occupy, they talk with a purpose. They speak with a mission. They don't memorize mantra to sound more intelligent. They are busy trading with the mina that God gave them. He said, you know, I live in fear of you. For everyone knows you are a strict master and impossible to please. Now, all in one sentence, this guy goes into false accusation, misrepresentation. Give me all the legal words. Slander. Give me more. Defamation of character. It says you are impossible to please. You push us for a high return on all that you own. And you always want to gain from someone else's efforts. Was a twisted, twisted picture of Jesus. Next verse. The king said, you wicked servant, I will judge you using your own words. If what you said about me is true, that I am a harsh man pushing you for a high return and wanting gain from, from, ev uh, from others' efforts. Give me real quick. Why did you, didn't you at least put my money where? In the bank to earn some interest on what I entrusted. Now, how many of you know that the bank rates right now are ridiculous? Bank rates. Fixed deposit used to be 4.5 or something. Treasury bills used to be about 12.8 or something like that. Savings used to be, I don't know, 2% or something like that. Now, all the rates are what? Is it right? Zero six. The rates are like your. You're writing someone's telephone number. Zero eight. <laughs> and inflation is about 13 or 14 percent. Now 18.8. 19.13. .8. Okay. The works on the bank. What was it this week? 18.12. Right now. If you want, you can add more figures behind the two. Accurate. Now, 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 what the master was saying is, whether it's 0.00 or 0.01, if you put it in the bank, that thing will gain some interest. Are you following this now? Why 
Does the money gain interest in the bank by staying in the bank? How does it get interest in the bank? By trading. So they will take the money that people who have more money than financial intelligence have dropped in the bank. Because to put your money in the bank means that you either don't know how to trade with it, what to trade with it, or you are too afraid to trade with it. And so the enemy trades in fear so that you will not trade in faith. Because every time you don't occupy, it is because there is fear somewhere. Fear or ignorance. Somebody say, I understand this. What? Let me get a teach. A little bit. What have I been doing since? <laughs> Is somebody getting it? This parable, who is the nobleman? The nobleman is Jesus the Christ. That's the nobleman, Jesus the Christ. See how he sets it up. Why does he talk about this? He talks about this because the disciples are expecting the Christ to set up his physical kingdom now, now, sharp, sharp. And there are possibly many, many reasons why that is the case. He had done many mighty miracles and all of that. And guess what now? He was speaking to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was like the chairman or the president of LIRS or FIRS, the chief tax collector, the big boy. So they've seen the effect that the Messiah has on the big boys. Everybody's under his rule. He's going to Jerusalem. When you read the Bible, the prophets, you're going to see that the capital of the Meshach, of the anointed one, will be where? Will be where? Shout it louder. Jerusalem, right? So where are we now as spiritual believers? Where are we now? Heavenly Jerusalem, which is the virtual city. But there is going to be a modem. There is going to be a physical device, infrastructure, land, territory, heart matter. That's Jerusalem. That's the capital where Jesus is going to rule his kingdom from. Are you following this? I'm going to show you from the Bible if we have some time. So they've seen all of this. He's coming to Jerusalem about the climax of his ministry, so it seems. And because they thought the kingdom of God would fully manifest. Look at that. They were convinced that God's kingdom realm would fully manifest when Jesus established it in Jerusalem. That's what they were thinking. That on all the instruments of power. Don't forget, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, when you reign in your kingdom, are you following that? Now reign in your kingdom, the mother of James and John was not thinking of a, of a cloud floating somewhere, an intergalactic cloud somewhere, where people are drifting and using hello, hello, hey, 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 hello, hello, under umbrella, no, no, rain and all of those kind of stuff. No, all those halo, halo, and hop, hop, happy, 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 and folks drinking hop instead of playing them, and, and, and all of he, he wasn't, he wasn't thinking when the Bible says David played on the hop. He wasn't talking about drinking, folks. Come, and when the Bible calls him the bright and morning star, it had nothing to do with a green bottle. So, they were expecting a physical kingdom. So he says to them, let me explain how this thing is. A certain nobleman, who's the nobleman? Jesus the Christ. 
The noble man, he went into a far country. Where's the far country? Where's the far country? Heaven. That's the far country. Heaven. To receive for himself what a kingdom. How will that happen? The Lord said unto my Lord, sit where? At my right hand until when? Is he seated? Have all his enemies in the material realm become his footstool? Have they all become his footstool? Material realm? No. In the spiritual realm, is that so? In the material realm? Not yet. Why? The head has it, but the body needs to get there. So if you have a visa to London, doesn't mean you are in London. Doesn't mean you have access to London. Doesn't mean you are allowed to operate in London. Right? So at the appointed time, what's going to happen is that he will receive for himself a kingdom. He will receive for himself a kingdom and he will return to the earth. Are we following this now? Let's do a, a little bit of a, a switch since I'm teaching and laying foundations this morning. I hope somebody's getting something. If you're getting something, say, I'm getting something. We'll come back to Luke 19 very quickly, but I feel impressed to go to uh, uh, Revelations 11, Revelations 11 verse 15, Revelations 11 verse 15. It says, then the seventh, hmm. then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying what the kingdoms of not of the spirit world of this world of this world the kingdoms of this world the animal kingdom the plant kingdom the avian kingdom the demonic kingdom the all the social kingdoms of the world the power bases the basileu the dominion they have become what the kingdoms that's how I know it's not just a kingdom of man because so they become the kingdoms so the animal kingdom will lay low and submit to Jesus plant life will be regenerated when Jesus comes, the ozone layer that was depleted is going to be replaced. People will have sense. Everything will be orderly. This is the agenda of God. The agenda of God is not, oh my God, the earth is so messed up. What will I do? Let me take my children away and run away. For God so loved the world, not for God so loved the church. And what's going to happen? The kingdoms of this world have become kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ. And what will happen? He shall reign, how? Forever and, and ever. He's going to reign. Somebody say he's reigning. Forever and ever. Somebody say louder, he's reigning. Forever and ever. He's reigning forever and ever. Let, let's look at another one that will possibly help many of us. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 or from verse 8. Revelation 5 from verse 8. 
Now, we're going to get to occupation. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp. So why are people carrying harps? Why are people with harps? Tell me. It's in your Bible. 24 elders. Are you one of the 24 elders? You better carry your keyboard and be playing. <laughs> or your tambourine. Minim minimal skill required. I'm not saying there won't be instruments. I'm just saying all these images you have of that maybe when you get to have now grow wings. So people are already, you think God is Black Panther and the sister doing suits for you. Say, God, I want golden wings. I. <laughs> Custom wings. It must be nine feet long. All those things that Greek mythology imported when Constantine religionized or politicized the, the church and the faith and then introduced things like Christmas and Easter. Let me not even shake that table for you right now. Which are pagan festivals. Now you can leverage them. You can use them. Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. You can but traditionally, <laughs> that's not my message this morning. Now, look at this. Fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. If you're online, give me some hearts, some flaming emojis, some, some hearts right now, some halo. Yeah, yeah, give me some halo. <laughs> each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. What is that incense? The prayers of the saints and they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by what by your blood out of every tribe right and tongue and what else people and nation what have you made us and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign in the clouds we shall reign in heaven we shall reign in suspense we'll be floating so I don't know where we are we are like NASA astronauts floating inside the balloon <laughs> are you seeing what I'm saying now is it clear enough let me see if I can show you one more let me see if I can show you one more I definitely can but let me see which one will help me Lord somebody say help me Lord uh We're, we're going to go back to, to Luke chapter 19 very shortly. But I want to see something. I want to see something. I want to see something. When you go, thank you, Father. When you go, 
to Acts chapter 1, where I've been, where we've touched on so many times. Acts chapter 1. Verse 6. After he taught them things concerning the kingdom. Can we take it from verse 4? Can you go to verse 3, sorry? All right. To whom also he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during what? 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus held a 40-day Bible school. You think immersion was immersive? This intensive training after three and a half years. They say now that I've fulfilled the spiritual protocols required for accessing this kingdom, let me now express you, Jason, are you getting this? I think like you're lost in thoughts. You're thinking about... Let me unpack for you, unlock for you, the depths of this kingdom. And it's so important that I don't just conquer death, defeat the grave, come out of the earth, and the next day, by all deuces, I'm out of here, floating. Are you following now? I'm holding my handkerchief full. This is how some of you are holding what God has given to you. Baba, drop something for the boys. Look at somebody say, drop something for the boys. Look at somebody say, Baba, do give away now. Jerry, this thing is so intensive. It's going to take me 40 days. But don't forget now, I got some time. 40 days, what I'm telling you is all about the kingdom of God. I'm not teaching you demonology right now. I'm not teaching you how to cast out demons. I'm not teaching you how to interpret Greek and Hebrew. I'm not teaching you how to build a big physical building. If you do any of all of that and you cannot tell me how it fits into the kingdom of God, can I propose to you? That is human ambition. Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, real quick. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I'm going to talk about it in the second service. Someone say, Christ is my capital. Where is the capital of God's kingdom? On the earth. Where's it going to rule from? Where's the current capital of God's kingdom on the earth? Where's the current capital? The church, the heavenly Jerusalem. When it comes to the physical Jerusalem, where's, that, where's going to be the capital? When it comes to the physical, where's going to be the capital? Jerusalem. What's going to descend out of God? What city is going to descend out of God? The new Jerusalem. It's all about Jerusalem. Why? Jerusalem is the city of peace, of the increase of his kingdom and of his peace. There shall be no end. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that is the 
kingdom of God. Now, peace is not aloofness or ignorant or irresponsible calmness. Peace is that everything that needs to be in place is in place. Correction is a part of peace. Patience can produce peace. Order, organization, alignment, loyalty, dedication. Peace is not, eh, let's just be at peace. But inside your heart, you haven't forgiven the person. You're right. Pieces. And some other people will peace. Wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? The oil. The one that was symbolized by oil. The spirit. The oil. The mark of authorization. Watch that now. Next verse. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water. Let's not even get, get there. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So water baptism, is it the baptism of Jesus or the baptism of John? He distanced himself from it, folks. For John baptized with water. It was a symbolism. It was a, but you shall be baptized with the what? Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Now they understood the Holy Spirit not as a puff of cloud or a wisp of smoke. They saw it as the shaman, the oil, the proof, the stamp, the authorization, the carrier of divine power. So they knew that the Holy Spirit was not a goosebump inducing sensation. They knew it was a spirit of coronation. Because in the Old Testament, before they had kings, they had prophets. And who were the people that had the coronation or the anointing upon them? The prophets. That's why even when they asked for kings, the kings had to be anointed by who? The prophets. So they knew the Holy Spirit was not. So many people are stuck on the sign. They are not getting to the destination. Stuck on the symbols. Stuck on the templates. Stuck on. Well, I mentioned other things, but I read it. This is the reason, verse 6, they now ask the question in verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, now that you have conquered man's biggest enemy, which is the grave and death. Now that you heal the sick on the man, you walk on water. We've seen you control the elements, conquer the elements. We've seen you conquer death. And now you're talking to us about the anointing, about the oil, about the spirit, about empowerment. Okay, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Because everything required to set up a kingdom, we see that you have it. Oh, somebody talk to me now. Oh, some of y'all are, are thinking too deep now. Somebody talk to me. Do you see? Because we know that you are the Messiah. We know. How do we know? The prophecy says that he will reign forever and ever. No king reigns forever and ever. Because they are cut down by death. Similarly, no priesthood reigns forever. Not Melchizedek, not Aaron, because they are cut, cut off by death. Are you, are you getting this? But you've defeated death now. So, let's set up the kingdom. Was his response, verse 7, 
And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. In other words, when the nobleman went into a far country, he did not tell them what time was coming back. Because, watch this, the whole purpose of not telling you when it's coming back is that if it tells you what it, when it's coming back, the very intention he has for his living will not get done. Let me paint the picture for you. If you were as playful as I was as a little child, how many of you were in the Daleru gang? Daleru gang is a gang of hyperactive children who used to reconfigure the home or the house when <laughs> you turn it upside down. Are you following? Some of you are acting posh now. I know the ladies have to be very sensitive because they might be like, hey, if my toaster should see that I used to rearrange. For some interesting reason, more men on this side, more ladies on this side. You guys plan it. So you just scatter the house. Some of you have not even stopped till now. When you get home from the door, you come out shoe. Foo, foo. Something will fly into the pot of soup. <laughs> like tomorrow going to work. Where's my blazer? Where's my blazer? Oh, it's in the pantry. It's in the store. <laughs> so you scatter the house. Scatter the house. You play, play, play. You play until you are tired. You sleep to catch your breath. Small. Then you play again. Holiday season, remember. You climb trees. If you're like me, you climb trees. Until I fell down from a mango tree one time. I landed on the roots and then I saw stars. It's like it's heaven near. What? <laughs> Became a star boy. <laughs> I was a kid, whiz. <sighs> now, now, now watch this. You scatter the house. And there were times you didn't know when your mom or your dad would get back. There were times you knew that it went to work about at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. they'll be back. So what do you do? The times you knew when they would get back. You would play and play and play. Then when it's about 30 or 10 minutes to the time, what would you do? This is exactly what the church would do if they knew when the rapture or when Jesus would come back. People will club. They will sleep around. They will not give till the last hour. Oh, three months time Jesus is coming. Yeah. Everybody, holiness unto Jesus, holiness unto him. I am holiness unto Jesus. I have holiness. Can we? Me. Meanwhile, watch this now. The father is coming back to the house not to rescue you from a dirty house but to raise you into a responsible adult in that house and taking responsibility for that house is preparation for a house that you will own one day so in my father's house there are many 
mansions, realms, domains, pockets of influence of Basileu. And I have gone to prepare a place for you because there are parts of you that can only be prepared in my physical absence. Oh, come on, somebody. Church folk thinks that the father is coming back to come and pick them out of a dirty house. Guess I'm saying this work we must do. People are like, hey, I'm going to heaven, no work. That means you don't want to be like God. Because Jesus said, my father is working. So am I. In other words, working is a cardinal attribute of God's character. You can say amen. It's okay for you to clap. Now, imagine the times that you didn't know when dad and mom will come back. You played and played. You scattered the place. You scattered the, this one. You didn't cook. They said you should pick beans. You ate meat and you're picking your teeth. Mommy try, Sha. This chicken. They said, wash clothes. Clothes you did not wash. Now, you thought, you thought, watch this. You said, God, God is smarter than all of us. How many of you? <laughs> Let me land on this one. You thought, no problem. As soon as mommy or daddy is coming from the estate gates, I will just quickly arrange and start washing the clothes. As soon as you're pom, pom, pom. And you know, you knew your dad's honk sound. And they were coming in. You opened the tap, no water. There are you, you get what I'm saying? Then, out of the hurry, 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 detergent is supposed to pour. You now went to hit the detergent away, spilled all over the floor. You sweep, you sweep, you sweep. The worst thing, water now put on the floor. Then your mommy was walking to the kitchen. Hey, hey, and your mommy, hey, pew. This is what is going to happen to many people when Jesus returns. They will not be ready. And that readiness does not mean that they're going to burn in hell.
Because you know God is going to give another chance. I can't say that for people who have already died. I'm not the regulator of that realm. <laughs> but on earth, so that's where people have some stories. A lot of them are fictional. But those stories are based on the fact they know that God is going to give somebody another chance. You know those stories of, ah, if the rapture happens and you're not here, you have to pay with your own blood. I don't understand. Your blood that was never good enough to redeem you. It's now now, after your rebellious disobedience. That's why he said, blessed is that man whose master finds alert, engaged, occupied when he comes. Because if I tell you the date or the hour, you will not do anything productive. And this thing is not about you being morally right. I already bought that for you and I gave you the t-shirt, righteousness. So it's not moral rightness. I can do that in an instant. I did it for the, for the man on the cross. In an instant. Are we seeing this now? Is that there is something in you that can only be developed through occupation, through engagement, through trade, through investment. All right, so what is occupation? Do we have a solid foundation here? What does it mean to occupy? Let me give you real quick. To occupy means to reside or have one's place of business in a place. Occupy means to reside or have one's place of business in a building. It means to feel, to feel, consume, preoccupy. You can say they preoccupied themselves by playing video games or with video games or with dancing or something. To occupy means to fill up or take up space and or time. Fill up or take up space and or time. To occupy means to be situated at. In other words, just a saying, fill up till I come. Occupy till I come. Be situated at this place till I come. To occupy also means to take control of a place, especially a country, by military conquest. How many of you remember Occupy Nigeria? Either by protest or militancy or military conquest. Like the U.S. Army Occupy Afghanistan, Iraq, or Iraq, and I, the Iraq, the place. It also means to engage the attention, capture attention. So see when it says you are the light of the world. John chapter 9 verse 4 and 5, it said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. Watch what it says now. While it is day for night comes when no man shall be able to work. And then it says, as long as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. In other words, I'm engaging the attention of my culture for my father. Jesus got attention. I didn't want to be seen. Somebody say hanky. Somebody say hanky. Look at some says lose the hanky mentality. Whatever I shall just say hanky. I don't want to be seen. I'm too shy. I'm not good enough. I just want to be a church boy. Uh, it's not for people like me. Politics is dirty. Mm, government is bad. I don't say I will jack by now. But, but that, it's not, it might not be hanky. 
If you're a jack buying with trade and kingdom. <laughs> Fidel said that one is fistal. <laughs> so jack might not be hanky. I mean, we have a couple of, of our people abroad now. And we're gonna be, you know what they're gonna be doing when they're abroad? We're occupying. Are you getting it? We're occupying. Many of them are watching us right now as we speak. They're in different countries. So what does it mean to occupy? Now to the language, people of, of that day, people who spoke that language, they knew what Jesus meant. They knew what Jesus meant. What Jesus meant was not dance around, gather people together and all of that. What Jesus meant is engage, engage the systems of your day. Get attention for the business of the kingdom. What is the business of the kingdom? God proving himself, manifesting himself, expressing his love, his righteousness, his peace, his joy in the Holy Ghost in the affairs of men, extending his equanimity, his goodness, causing his reign to fall on the good and the evil. Are you saying that now? This is the reason when James and John were like, we saw some people, you know, using your name. They didn't get license for the franchise. We wanted to call down fire on them. Just say, you know, understanding what's going on here. You do not know of what spirit you are. The spirit of this kingdom is not about killing the enemies of this kingdom. The spirit of this kingdom is by raising a few servants who represent this kingdom and allowing them to add value to the citizens that hate them. Do you remember the parable? He called, uh, he called 10 servants and the 10 servants were to do business with citizens that hated their master. Do you remember? My business is a Christian business. I don't sell to smokers. Meanwhile, someone shouted. Meanwhile, the person who designed the clothes you're wearing is a pedophile. Please go and be wearing the Christian linen. In this kingdom, we don't call fire on our enemies. We do good to them. Jesus said for a good man, one will scarcely die. Are you following this? See, this is the gospel now. One will scarcely die. He said, maybe somebody, you might even find somebody who would dare to die for him. And be like, you know, it happens all the time. Parents, not all the time, often enough. You hear the story of that man who died for his family, who threw his children out of the burning car, or burning house, something. Or uh, what's that? There's a, there's a movie, uh, Titanic. Yeah? Uh, Titanic, Jack and Rose. Can I be your Rose? Give me Rose. Uh, so, so, uh, <laughs> he hasn't didn't take me off course because if I get on Rosemont's own now, Rosa Keys can I have the keys to your heart. <laughs> or there's a movie, there's a movie, um, I can't remember it. It's a uh, Hank something, Hank Shaw, Shaw Shank, not Shaw. No, not Shashak Redemption. Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, yeah, so you see all those movies where somebody throws a grenade. I will take a grenade for you. Literally, so just do it sometimes, right? So the leap, boom. That person gave his life for his friends. 
Greater love has no man than for a man to give his life for his friends. Jesus didn't just give his life for his friends. He gave his life for his enemies. He said, well, we're enemies alienated from the life of God. Far away from God. He caused this rain to fall on the good and the evil. Religion doesn't like this. Because religion is fueled by flesh. And Jesus said flesh has to die. As soon, as soon as possible. The goat's got to die so the sheep can leave. Are you following what I'm saying? So they knew that what engagement meant was do business, trade, engage, be com com commercially involved, be employed, do business. To occupy, the word is pragmatia. Pragmatia, pragmatia. There's a longer word, pragmatiomai. Long word. You can check it up. And that's the root word for pragmatic. In other words, what some people will call practical Christianity. What it means is, remove your head from the hoo-hoo, boo-hoo, airy-fairy, floating in the cloud thing, and embody Jesus in your daily walk. That's what he's talking about. Now, why is your occupation? Now, that word is actually used of ancient merchants who traded goods for profit. And there are many places in, in the KJV where the word occupy is used in the Old Testament especially. And many times when you see the word occupy in the Old Testament, you're going to see ships or traders or merchandise, right? Which means you're moving value from one place to another. You're engaged. Now, why do we have to dedicate a whole month or maybe five or six weeks to this? Because a lot of people have found a way to separate their church life from their work life. Isn't that so? So in the culture, there's something called use your church mind. But the believer ought not to have a church mind that's driven from a business mind. A church mind that pays tithe, but a business mind that gives bribes. Go wrong now. So let's leave Christ aside. What do you mean? He says when Christ who is alive appears. So it's my life. I can't leave him aside. That's why in second service I'm teaching Christ my capital. I cannot leave him aside. To leave him aside means to cut off my head. That's why every time you leave Christ aside, you become a headless person. Because when you cut the head of an animal, the body of the animal gyrates in different directions, causing a mess everywhere, splashing blood everywhere, which is what many believers do in business and politics. They are, I don't want to sow the seeds for second service, but they are decapitated. Therefore, their bodies are vibrating in reactive tendencies, splashing blood everywhere, embarrassing the kingdom of God because they have left Christ aside. You see, now, this is going to take a lot of teaching, won't it? Because we could just gloss it over, put a veneer, and say, God bless you. Amen. God will bless you. Amen. Can we all calm down first? I'm not saying we won't do that. Would You know we do that. But it's got to sit on solid understanding. Why must we teach you that? Because you will spend two hours on a Sunday morning, but you spend at least 40 hours Monday to Friday. So there is no point offering incense on Sunday morning and offering nonsense the rest of the week. 
asking you to clap, but if you want to clap, come and occupy your hands. The Akbar doesn't want to clap on that point, so right? She's just sort of like processing it. Now, what does it mean? Does it mean everybody's going to be a preacher? Is that what it means? Talk to me. Is everybody going to be a keyboard player, a vocalist, or the things that we consider spiritual elements? No. Those who will be his disciples must embody his mind and express his mind everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. Now, what it means is every work I do has to take its roots in Christ for it to be a fruit for Christ. Whether I'm a clerk, a barber, a tailor, a soldier, an Okada rider, the fruits of Christ cannot come out of the mind of the flesh. Because true prophet can only be defined by Christ. So let me, let's look at a couple of things. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Thus says the Lord, I got to run. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to do what? Shout aloud. Somebody write it down in your book. God is particular about prophets. God is prophet oriented. God is prophet centric. Now watch this. When I say profit, immediately you think about money. It's not just money. Sometimes you lose money, but you profit in relationships. You profit in wisdom. So the money you lost was your tuition in the school of sense. So profit is not always financial, but profit means meaningful increase in a desired direction. So it says God teaches to profit. Now, if profit is a bad thing, God won't teach you to do it. Because God is good and everything he does is good. So when God teaches to profit, is profit good or bad? Shout, is profit good or bad? Is loss good or bad? Loss that ends with loss is bad. But loss that leads to profit then becomes a tool in God's hands. So it says God teaches you to profit. <laughs> this is interesting. And then what else does he do? He leads you by the way you should go so why did you take that job without consulting him and when you got on the job and things were acting funny why did you leave without consulting him or oh, things were good you were doing well why didn't you ask him why you're making so much money because if it leads you to profit and sometimes it's leading you to give, that means a face of your profiting is in the giving. So you're not getting that now. It's amazing that even unbelievers understand that there's profit in giving. That's why they do giveaways. So you're not getting that. But some believers shout it, shout it. Shout it, some believers. Shout it louder. Nothing leaves. Akagom. The hand is like gum. There's Aka Akaya. But there's Akanawaya. Akagom. Akaselotip. Aka Aladites. Don't give nothing. 
Listen, anybody that is in your life, that every transaction in your life is always an outflow from you, that's a dangerous relationship. And does not matter how spiritual that person is. If you look at the transaction trail of your life, and every transaction they have with you is an exit from you, that person is a user. They might not know. He says, God teaches you. Why would he have to teach you? Because in your natural sense, you don't know how to profit. But you'll be like, but unbelievers make money. Their money is a loss. In the business of the kingdom. And I will show you from the Bible. I will show you real quick. Somebody said God is profit oriented. God doesn't like to lose. Somebody said God doesn't like to lose. Say God can never lose. Maybe I'll teach them the second service. So if God is profit oriented, can I tell you family, you have to be profit oriented. No more worthless trips. Oh, somebody talk to me. No more foolish hangouts. No more stupid expenses. No more trying to prove a point with an Ashwai B that is an Ashwai B. God teaches you to profit. Oh God, carry your hanky. But keep it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must think through as a steward of Christ. Are we seeing this now? Don't lose time invested. Don't lose faith invested. Don't lose hope invested. Don't lose what you've been given invested. Because in occupying there are two things. Number one, you must be a protector of what you have. Number two, you must be an investor of what you have. That's why the Bible says there is he that gives, scatters, scatters, Proverbs 11, 24, 25, there is he that scatters and what happens? It increases. He said, but there is he that withholds, withholding is not the problem, the next line is the problem, more than it's necessary. In other words, a dimension of withholding is important based on parameters. But after you withhold, you must withhold for strategic investment. You can withhold from Uche and give to Fidel because you understand that Fidel is in the place of value where he understands what he's been given. Are you understand what I'm saying? Is raising, give somebody your time. First time, they came late. Second time, they wasted it. Third time, the fourth time, stop giving them your time. You have now allowed them to seduce you into their wastage lifestyle. Write this down. Wastage leads to shrinkage. Wastage leads to shrinkage. And the Bible says to the increase of his kingdom, not the shrinkage of his kingdom, to the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. To the increase, the growth, the expansion, the enlargement of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Somebody say, I hear, I hear. Don't lose, don't, don't waste time on that relationship. If you cannot paint the picture, when you ask some questions, why are you wasting time? Don't waste time. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't lose anything. Do you know what he said? He said, no one that the Father has committed to my hands have I lost. I'm a good son and a good steward. I don't lose things. Somebody shout, I don't lose things. 
I think it was Victor that said, I said it one time, and it felt it was a little bit cocky and arrogant. It's also a way of me instructing myself, training my mind to be profit-oriented. You cannot be around me and your value will not go up, except your heart is closed. But as per the rain, it will pour on you. Whether I think you're my favorite person or not, I'm going to drop something on you. If it's not wisdom, it's prayer. If it's not prayer, it's peace. If it's not peace, it's love. If it's not love, it's a hug. If it's not hug, it's joy. I might even send you some money sometimes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it's got a poor. I'm an investor. Invest. Not every time. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Meow, meow, I want to meet meow. Meow, 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 meow. So you gotta invest. You gotta invest. Now, for my business to be profitable, God has to lead me. But that leading has to be in the spirit. Romans chapter 8, right? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So my business must be led by God. My business must be led by God. My life must be ordered, organized, structured, instructed by God. When Christ gave me his life, he decided to operate in the earth through me. So he's going to use... An apron from an apostle's body is going to use Paul's apron, Peter's shadow, Samson's bone, David's stone, Peter's boat, the little widow's cruise of oil. He's going to use Noah's ark. Come on, somebody. He's going to even appear in Daniel's fire. He's going to use anything that I surrender to him. So if I'm a barber, I need to cut that hair with excellence. Number one, that does not just reflect how good I am because thou art a pride, but shows them how loved they are. The barber cut their hair, not their heads. Somebody comes to your barber shop and leaves the tribal marks. Even if you're with tribal records, you don't have to act like a wrong maverick. So you all get it. Arguing with customer. All the time. It's not the customer, it's you. You have seven customers a week, you argue with five and slap one. <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm saying? Dry cleaner, dry cleaner. You left it dry and not clean. It came as Ankara. They left with lace. <laughs> so my business, my career must reflect the nature of God. We'll talk about some other things later. There's a, a whole message that's dedicated to conduct in the workplace. And I call it roll the dice. The odds are in your favor. Roll the dice. It's about three Sundays from now. You cannot be coming late to work and say, I serve a God that is always on time. 
You are late to work. You are late to work. You say, my God works on time. Then you now tell your boss, I'm not always there when you call. So he must be doing, somebody say occupy. Shout aloud and say occupy. So he must be done in the spirit. John 6, 63. He says, look at what it says in John 6, 63. Read the first line there. He says, the flesh, come on media, the flesh profits what? Nothing. It is the spirit who does what? Who gives life. Why? The flesh does what? Shout aloud. The flesh does what? So if God leads you in Isaiah 48 verse 17 say I lead you to profit that means I don't lead you in the flesh because you can do nothing in the flesh that is profitable in my assessment. No matter how great it looks how beautifully it's carved and organized and streamlined. He says no, 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 no. You're not getting it right. If it's in the flesh watch this because excellence can be born out of the flesh. You can do things so that they would take if I don't give it to them. So that flesh thing's gotta die. You don't portray excellence out of pride. You portray excellence out of service. There's one of the messages that's likely gonna be called Christ is my customer. Yes, teaching Christ is my capital, this first second service. One of the services, if we have enough time, Christ is my customer. When you serve that food you are serving, are you serving as if it's Christ that is going to eat it? Because it said when I was hungry, you did not feed me. In other words, he's not just going to look at the food when it was hungry, but how did you serve it? Because there's a way you can do something good for somebody that will feel like you're oppressing them. The gift you're giving them will look like an insult. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, those words must govern your business, must govern your occupation. You're working nine to five, work nine to five. Don't work nine to 11. Take a chill break for your personal Instagram till one. And then continue their work later. You wanna do your work, go do your work. Oh, come on somebody. I've bounced the whole table now. There's another server message called Christ is my boss. Yeah. And let me tell you something for those who have preached a message that have made it look like Christ is a weakling that allows anything to go. It's a wrong representation of the Christ. Because in this place, Christ never denies that he's strict. He doesn't deny it. He says, since you know I'm strict, He's going to weigh everything. Christ weighs everything so much, he weighs even thoughts. Can you imagine that? He weighs even thoughts. So he's not, he doesn't stop at being punctual. Why were you punctual? Why? So you could be seen as the guy who never misses a deadline. Or the go-to guy. Or to check out the babes 
out of the mouth of babes. Don't think too deep, don't think too deep. How can somebody be profitable and Christ will say he's a loss? It's in the Bible. Revelations 3, real quick. Revelations 3, 17 to 19. Revelations 3, 17 to 19. Look at what they said to a church. He said, because you say, I am rich and I've become wealthy and I have no need of nothing. Jesus is saying, let me give you my assessment of you. You've got all this money, all this Bentleys, all this Cadillacs. By the way, many of you are going to have all those fancy cars, right? But when you have those fancy cars, you will not be too proud or too cocky to give somebody a lift. Christ is more concerned about who you give a lift than what you drive. A car that he gives you that messes up your character has become a trap and not a blessing. I don't deal with people like that. He came to the list of the lot. List of the lot. <laughs> Some of the shall kingdom business. He said, look at this, let me tell you. You do not know that you are wretched. You are miserable. You are poor. You are blind and naked. You see, your money can fix your nakedness, is saying. You see, all this riches, all this wealth, all the stuff you have in your bank account, and you're hoping to go from Malibu to Seychelles and all those fancy places and all those things that you call dreams. They are cities I want to give you if you are faithful and you remove that handkerchief. Look at some and say, throw the hanky away. He says, you are naked. I counsel you. You know, when Christ starts counseling you, your case is very critical. Because Christ will command you. Christ will instruct you. But you know, there's a way we instruct and command you. After a while, we'll stop talking. So Christ is saying, you see, the way you're going with this stuff now, <laughs> since you put me on your level, uh, maybe I'm no longer your boss, I'm no longer your master. So let me just counsel you because I still love you. What do I say you should do? What should you do from me? What should you do? But people have taught us that Jesus paid it all. So there's a generation that thinks that saving grace is a call to irresponsibility or to the end of transactions and trading. But the word says, buy the truth, sell it not. Revelations, the end of the story, the final manifestation of the mind of the Messiah to the people. He said there is still trade involved in my dealings with you. Buy from me. What does it mean to buy? Exchange something of value. Christianity is not a call to a spiritual vacation. It's a call to work. Little one that the people he called, he called at work. Did you observe? Even Paul was busy working. 
when he arrested him. Because God cannot entrust too much to a person who wouldn't work. Oh, come on, somebody. He says, when you buy from me gold refined in the fire, you may be rich, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyes salve, that you may see, that you may see, that you may see, because until you see the way I see, you cannot do as I do. So why? What are the four major reasons many people in the church don't understand this, have not embraced this, are not walking on this? What are the four major reasons? I can teach it in the service, maybe second service, I might teach a bit more. Number one, the reason a lot of people in the church are not walking in this revelation. You know, some people teach, you know, profession and career and all, right? But many times they teach it from promotion. How to make more money. Point is for what? How to grow fast. Point is for what? How to become MD. Oh, excellency. For what? It's for the kingdom. And you can disconnect it for you to teach as Christ would have you teach. It's incomplete to say, because you're a child of God, you have to be the head, not the tail. So you're, for what? What are you heading it for? Where is it heading to because you are the head of it? Number one, why many people in the church have been disconnected from this is the imminent return of Jesus. The imminent return of Jesus. So for generations and generations, people are like, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And what that does for many people in their minds is, Jesus is coming soon, so why bother with the earth? Yes, no. We'll leave this away. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. This world is not your home, but you're an ambassador, y'all. Imagine the ambassador of the UK in Nigeria just walking through the roads of VI and Ikoi. So I'm waiting for when they will call me back. You have to engage. Now, have you seen those ambassadors attend events? Nigerian events. Shout aloud. Social events. Comedy events. Walk with me. Commercial events, speeches, political events. Is it their business? It is the business of the kingdom because their kingdom has what? Business interests. And that's what the master told the servant. You should have kept it in the bank so it will gain some interest. So God puts you on earth so that you can represent God's interest and get more people interested in what God is interested in. So number one, everybody thought Jesus, Jesus is coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Of course Jesus is coming. And we see it in, in, in Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1 very quickly. You know, we said, well, you restore the kingdom to Israel, blah, blah, blah. I shall receive power. Holy Ghost come upon you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going. I think it's verse 11 or something like that. Keep going. Yes, verse 10. Tell me verse 10. Or show me verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly. Please go to verse 9. Sorry. Context. Verse 9. 
Now, when he had spoken those things, while they watched, what was that? What happened? He was taken up. And the cloud received him. So all the saucers and flying devices and all of that. Now, they don't even have, that one is science, sci-fi, right? Flying saucer crafts, machines that lift people up. God said, let me show you guys something. I will carry a man on a cloud. Just taken up. A cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly, don't worry, I'm wrapping up. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. So do you know what steadfast looking is? Tell me, what does it mean? Uh, is this really happening? So Jesus, you're leaving. This was not the plan. No. We said we are going to set up this kingdom. They were looking. They were looking. Looking at heaven. Because the Bible says, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Angels. Most likely. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into what do you think God is still saying to the church? Men of 21st century church, why do you stand gazing into heaven? He said, this same Jesus, not another one, this same one. I've told you before that Jesus is still a man. Fully man, fully God. The devil can understand, drives him crazy. We can. He's a high priest and he's our Lord, our master. The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will do what? So come in like manner as you saw him go to heaven. Do you know the Bible says that every eye will see Jesus when it comes? Are you aware of that? Okay. Let's talk for another day. Then what did they now do? They returned to headquarters from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Verse 13. And when they went, when they had entered, they went up into the upper room. Where the, 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 verse, verse 14. Philip, Thomas, and all continued praying, one accord, and all of that. In the next service or another service, I'm going to explain to you that this was a distressful experience for the disciples because they didn't want him to die oh well you die now okay let's do the kingdom my guy potted really he potted Jesus potted why would he do that give me something why would he do that occupy till I come Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Do you know they still didn't get it? They still didn't get it. So they went back to a familiar place. They went back to an upper room place of prayer. Until what happened? The Spirit of God was poured. And why was the Spirit poured? You shall be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem. Occupy. Did they do that immediately? Did they do it immediately? No. 
because we love to stay in the throw it, throw it, throw it. But love too. So what did he have to do to the handkerchief? What did he have to do to the handkerchief? Where's my money? He had to shake the handkerchief loose. That's what you call persecution. God oftentimes uses pain to redirect your preoccupation. From being preoccupied with the pain and the pressure, boom, he jolts you so you can pay attention. That's why he did a Babel. Occupy, fill the earth. The earth is my agenda, but man always wants to go to heaven. Babel, they said, let us build a tower that will reach to heaven. When Constantine took about the church, the number one imminent return of Jesus Christ. Number two, back then believers would become a believer today and die next week because of persecution. So most people stopped engaging the businesses of the earth. Because as far as we're concerned, if I'm a believer today and Rome takes me out next week, what's the point? Are you following? That happened for generations and generations. I wish I had more time. I've shown you in Jeremiah chapter 29. You know Jeremiah 29 verse 11 where we just jumped to find other thoughts that think the word to you? Do you know the precedent versus what it says? He said that some other false prophets are telling you, God will deliver you from this place. You will leave this place. He said, let me tell you, thus says the Lord, inside this place, build houses, dig wells, have vineyards, get married, multiply. He said, because there is a calendar God is working with. For them, it was 70 years in Babylon. For the church, we don't know. But the years of years have to be completed according to Daniel. Are you following what I'm saying? So what's God saying? Enjoy life in Christ on earth. Enjoy life. Is this paradigm shifting for somebody? And when you live with this consciousness every day, you will never be scared of the rapture. By the way, the concept of the rapture is a totally different matter. <laughs> you are caught up with the Lord to so come back with the Lord. It's a picture of how the Roman emperors would be received whenever they were coming back to town a delegation from the town will go outside of the city to go and welcome them that's what being caught up with the Lord is we're going to be caught up and that's why when Revelation 17 says upon a star king of kings lord of lords he rode on a horse he was not the only one riding on that horse somebody's going to be riding on a horse with him I know some of you have questions, but we've got to close. Write down your questions. Send them to me. I'll see how we can. Was somebody blessed this morning? Will you occupy or not? Will you do business or not? Will you be profitable or not? Will you excel in the workplace or not? Will you manifest the kingdom of God or not? Make a commitment in just one minute as you pray. Another reason is many believers are slothful and lazy. That's number three. Why this thing is not popular. And number four, many people just don't understand the mission of the church. 
church is the body of Christ and I want to use that body to govern the earth if we had enough time we would have gone to Isaiah 65 where it shows us a picture of the millennial reign of Jesus Isaiah 11 also gives us an in inkling to that Jesus will literally reign for a thousand years on this earth out of Jerusalem which will be his capital now he has called a few people the ecclesia see the Senate of Nigeria is the Senate of Nigeria the kingdom of Nigeria is the Senate of Nigeria the kingdom of Nigeria so the church is not the kingdom the church is the Senate the church is the thinking system the policy the quorum the we are the called and the chosen and now we're called to be faithful called to be faithful those who will occupy are those that know Jesus not just as Savior but also as master master the Savior gives his life the master gives his instructions that's why it says if you love me you will keep my commandments can you pray to the Lord Lord I release myself to occupy all through the series you can pray strong all through the series as we start all through the series I will not be blindsided. I will not miss it. Come on, somebody pray. And as you pray, there are three major things. I'll touch on them in the second service. Three major things that are tools for occupation. Number one, time. 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 Your time is a tool for occupation. What consumes your day? What consumes your time? That's why in your business space, you must still be an ambassador. What consumes your day? What consumes your heart, your attention, your time? Number two is your talents. Under your talents, I'll put spiritual gifts and natural gifts. How are you using your natural gifts? You can sing, but do we know? You can paint, but nobody knows. You are great with counseling, but nobody knows. You're in the handkerchief. Shake it off. Shake off the handkerchief. Come on, someone to pray. Practice occupation by prayer. Don't look around. Don't busy yourself with the look of other people or the perception of other people. Number three, treasures. And treasures, three things on the treasures. Number one, ministry is a treasure. It's been entrusted. The truth, contend for the faith. The faith, the mysterion. It's a treasure, it's a treasure, it's a treasure, it's a treasure, it's a treasure. The second thing on the treasure is your money. Your money is a treasure. Occupy with your money. Send your money on assignment. Give your money a mission. Let no gathering go without you. Given to the work of the Lord. It says you should make, live for yourself treasures in heaven by laying down material things. Number three on the treasure is material things. Some people, they can give money, but when God says give out that dress, civil war will start. It's a treasure. You treasure it. So occupy the systems of the earth with your time, with your talent, with your treasures. I'll teach that in the second service. Pray this week. I will not be the hypocritical staff. I will not steal from my responsibilities. They say to you, we're giving you five million naira to bring in air conditioning systems. You go bring the inferior one and keep two million naira in your pocket. You're not occupying. You're stealing. You're not smart. 
Christ says you're foolish. Your customers pay 10,000 euro, but you give them value of 6.5. I'm not talking about your profit. You, you need to make profit. I spoke about that. You make profit, but you don't cheat people. The values of the kingdom, justice, equity, righteousness, truth must be present. Thank you, Father. We yield ourselves as instruments for your occupation, God. We know that, Jesus, you will return at the time that the Father's appointed. At the time that the Father's appointed. But we choose to focus our attention on you and the work you have given to us to engage. Pragmatia, to trade, to invest with the intent to increase. That's what Occupy is. Invest with the intent to increase our time, our talents, our attention. We will not waste our relationships, we will occupy. We will not waste our time or the time of other people who occupy. We will not waste the revelations you've given to us on just review. Excitement, goosebumps, we will occupy. We will trade value with our social media spaces. We will not say this is reserved. For what? We will occupy. We occupy. Thank you, Father. Out of this house is rising an army of kingdom-minded, Christ-centered, spirit-filled, faith-filled, supernaturally empowered carriers of life and light, shining your glory into the kingdoms of the world. Thank you, Father. We glorify you, our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give God praise right now. Look for two people, Lord, like them, elbow them, knuckle them, and say, Occupy! Look at someone say, Occupy! Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.